So, um, as you guys are where we have been working through the fruits of the spirit, and two of you were actually here on Friday, so <laughs> refresher, always good to read through it again. Um, <laughs> um, so today we're going to be looking at patience, um, and I made the note that's like that's definitely one that I know I need to work on. Um, I have always struggled with it, um, and I do not see that at really? all. Mm-hmm. When you said that the other day, I was thinking. Oh, I, you, I have never seen I apparently, I about to say, apparently I have a good poker face. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to become a foster parent has definitely t- tested my patience. Where, like, we finished everything, and then just yesterday I got an email again of, like, thanks for sending all the paperwork. Here's even more paperwork you need to fill oh, out. And I'm like, I no. thought we were done. No. <laughs> so now i got to go to the DMV and, like, show that I have, like, a clear record and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, Yeah. There's times where it's like, oh, this is testing me. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways. Um, so uh, obviously the Bible has a lot of examples of people who um, had to have patience, um, whether they always did it well or not. Um, we have Abraham and Sarah um, when they were waiting for a son. Um, we have Hannah, who was also uh wanting a son. Um, we have the apostle Paul, um, at times he was imprisoned or unable to go to places where he wanted to share, um, the gospel or go to other churches that he had planted. Um, we have Jesus himself. Um, but today I wanted to specifically focus on a lesser known biblical account, um, in Hosea, and last time we talked about, so Hosea is one of the minor prophets, uh, which, uh, means not that he is less important than the major prophets, but just his book is smaller um, in the Old Testament. Um, And we'll be looking at specifically Hosea 3, which is only five verses, so it's a pretty short chapter. Um, But before we get into it, I wanted to cover some historical and biblical context. So I wanted to ask, are all of you guys at least a little bit familiar with Hosea? If not, totally fine. And if you are, what could you tell me about the book of Hosea? It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Kind of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Both in a spiritual way with what God was doing with Hosea, but also his his life. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad it's not me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This really sad. Mm-hmm. The Israelites are split, right? Mm-hmm. Right now. They are split. And they are taking up earthly possessions and going for different gods. They're not following the God. Mm-hmm. Um, so things in turmoil right now, I would say. Mm-hmm. You have a question for your mom first? <laughs> <laughs> Hosea 's bugs get into the building <laughs> um, is there anything else anybody wants to add if not like I've got notes and stuff but um, um, just that it you know I'm sure you would say it anyway is that not only is this the picture of Hosea and Gomer and that idolatry but it's also of the Israelites and their idolatry and being in that adulterous relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys kind of 
all hit on different parts. Um, so yeah, like Hosea is one of the um, Old Testament prophets, as we said. Um, and uh, as Tani mentioned, so he lived in the time that the nation of Israel has already been divided. So after, so we have King David, King Solomon, and then I'm blanking right now, King Solomon's son, was it Jeroboam or is that one of the Israel kings? Oh. I'm forgetting right now in my history. Um, but anyway, um, the kingdom split with Solomon's son. And so the uh, northern ten tribes um, remain as the nation of Israel. And the southern two tribes are become the nation of Judah. And so the southern tribe of Judah is following um, the lineage of David and the tribe of Israel. Or like we're going to pick a new king and lineage for ourselves. Um and Hosea is particularly reaching the northern tribe, or not the northern tribe, but the northern uh, nation of Israel. Um, and uh, when we study uh, for, uh, First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, um, they talk about all the kings of Israel and Judah. And Judah at least had some good kings mixed in there that followed the Lord with some bad ones. Israel's were pretty mostly bad. And so Israel had really gone... Um, and wasn't really following the Lord. Um, and they were starting to look a lot like the pagan nations that were around them. Um, and so God told Hosea to do something <coughs> unusual, which was to take Gomer, who was an adulterous woman, for a wife and to have children with her. And so, as Kim mentioned, Gomer, um, the reason he has told Hosea to do this odd thing um, is because he... Uh, was going to use this as a picture of Israel with God. And so Gomer represents the nation of Israel. Um, she was unfaithful to her husband repeatedly. Um, and uh, in chapter two, when I'll kind of break down the first two chapters a bit for us, um, she gets herself into a lot of debt, um, which eventually um, leads her to being uh, sold as a slave. Um, and Hosea would have to go chase after her and bring her back despite all that she did. Um, and so likewise, the people of Israel kept leaving God to follow other gods and to follow their sinful desires and they needed rescuing. So, um, if by chance you happen to read the first two chapters of Hosea, um, they are pretty intense, um, and condemning. Um, so Hosea has three children with Gomer and, um, the three of them. So the first one is Jezreel. Um, and so chapter one, verse four mentions, uh, so God, yeah, God told Hosea to name him Jezreel for in just a little while, I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel. And I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. And then their second kid is a daughter and God said to name her no mercy, for I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them at all, which is chapter one, verse six. And then the third is not my people, for you are not my people and I am not your God, which also would it be fun to have those names, <laughs> uh, but reminders to the people of Israel. Um, and so in chapter two, Hosea tells his children um, to plead with their mother about her ways and uh Basically, she would leave and go to other men, um, and uh, she was like, oh, they'll, they'll treat me lavishly and spoil me, and, um, but uh, that was also much like what Israel did with other gods, particularly Baal, 
Um, I mentioned on Friday. I'm like, I've heard it Bale and Baal, and I'm not sure which one. So Bale. it is Bale. I'm like, I've heard both because I, yeah, I grew up hearing Bale, and then lately I've been hearing a lot of Baal, and I don't huh. know. Maybe it just I don't know. Yeah, how it's pronounced. Yeah, from different different people, different something. cultures. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. one of those, the one who's always in the Old Testament. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, eventually, Gomer would realize things were much better with her husband Hosea. Not realizing that also it was him who was giving her all of those lavish things as God was actually the one providing for Israel. Um, But both Gomer and Israel had fallen so low that they needed a rescuer. And so, um, yeah, again, kind of mentioning with Gomer, she fell so low that not only was she sleeping with a bunch of different men, but she actually became a prostitute. And then, yeah, she ends up actually up for sale as a slave. Um, And so... The significance of this, too, is um, despite all that Israel has done, God did not abandon his people. Um, So even when the nation of Israel eventually gets captured by the Assyrian Empire, their home is decimated. Um, Like, God is still not done with Israel. Um, They're still very much his, um, much like Hosea was still married to Gomer, despite the fact that all the stuff that Gomer and Israel had done, Hosea and God had every right to lead their bride for how unfaithful they were. And so at the end of chapter two, um, God says how when Israel is at its lowest point, he will pursue her. He will speak tenderly to her and give her gifts. Israel will call God their God and Gomer will call Hosea her husband. And the name of Baal and the name of Gomer's lovers will be removed from their mouths. And God ends chapter two with the promise and I will have mercy on no mercy, and I will say not to not my people, you are my people, and he shall say, you are my God. Um, so it wasn't God forever cutting off the people of Israel, um, but again, showing this redemptive nature that we're going to see in Hosea 3. So um, with that, uh, would someone like to read Hosea 3? I can do that. Okay. The Lord said to me, Go, show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a (coughs) lezek of barley. Then I told her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or an intimate with any man, and I will live with you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or idol. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last day. days. Thanks. So much like God will redeem and bring his people close, um, he tells Hosea to go redeem his wife, Gomer. Um, And so uh, at first glance, this chapter might not have seemed to have a lot to do with patience as we're studying the fruits of the spirit. But when we've gone through the context and stuff, it's easy to see kind of like, oh, actually, it it, it really does. Um, And so like with it, Israel and Gomer are not just unfaithful once. Um, throughout um, the book of Hosea, we catch um, a glimpse of what Israel's sin and idolatry felt like to God, that they were like an unfaithful bride. 
Um, and even though there was judgment and repercussions for their actions, because when we sin, um, there are consequences for our actions, um, God never abandons his people, even when they abandoned him. Um, so, obviously, there is no one more patient than God. Um, and we fall so short of that. Um, we're called to be patient because he is patient, um, not just with Israel, but with us. Um, sometimes we look to, uh, we, we look at Israel in the Old Testament, and um, I, I don't know if you guys also uh, think this sometimes, but it's like, I even when I was a kid, I'd read about Israel and say, like, when they left Egypt, and, um, you know, they've just seen the plagues, They've just seen the parting mm-hmm. of the Red Sea, and you're like, you've seen some of the greatest, like, physical miracles God has ever done. And then you get to the desert, and you're immediately like, God has abandoned us. He's brought us to the desert to die. It was better that we, we should have just stayed slaves in Egypt. Like, and it's like, it, my brain struggles to comprehend that. It's like, how can you? But at the same time, when we think, oh, they, they should have just followed God and never doubted. Um, I wouldn't have been like that. It's like the point though is like we are like that. We we are the Israelites. Um and so uh yeah. Um where I was trying my notes. Yeah, we're basically yeah, we're like Israel. Um we're quick to forget how good God is to us, how he's provided for us, how he's you know saved us. Um and yeah, it was just us repenting and putting our faith in Christ and how quickly abandon how quickly we abandon him um, to follow things that appear to provide more. Um, and so with that, um, it wasn't just Israel who is like Gomer, but we are like Gomer, um, a woman who chases after other lovers. And without God's intervention, we would remain apart from him for eternity, loving and chasing our own mm-hmm. sin. So one, one of the benefits of the, the, um, modern trend right now, you, I've heard it a lot and I've actually started it, um, and that is to every day write down five things that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. But what I do, because I'm trying to do my devotions and stuff in the morning, and so I have a calendar, and on like today, I wrote what I'm grateful for yesterday because it may be something that God told me when I went to bed and I was thinking, you know, or something along those lines. But that's the way um, what has been said is when you're in those situations where woe is me and all of that is to go back and review and that's one of the benefits of writing those things you're grateful for Mm -hmm. is then it helps you remember. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, to, to remember, oh, but we still, yeah. we still get that tunnel vision mm-hmm. of he's not answering, he's not mm-hmm. doing, you know, yeah. those things, woe is, woe is me. <laughs> woe is me, or also sometimes I, I know, like in myself, I can fall into complacency. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's not so much that I feel like I'm running away, but I am because I'm just like, I'm not running towards God. And so by staying still, I'm just kind of drifting away. Mm-hmm. Um, also, feel free to interrupt me at any time. I realize I'm like, sometimes I write more questions, and this time I kind of wrote more just like a monologue. So feel <laughs> free to interrupt the monologue. Um, but, um, but yeah, kind of going off of um, yeah, the example of Israel, like I had mentioned on the Friday class too, that um, with 
uh, reading the book of Hosea, I, I realized, and maybe it's partly just because since Hosea is the one writing, and so he's the main character, so to say, um, I tend to find myself <laughs> identifying more with Hosea instead of Gomer, because it's like, I look at what she's doing, and I'm like, she's out of control, and <laughs> I, I could never see myself doing the things that she did. My sin's um, not that bad. Yeah, my sin's not that bad. Like, <laughs> I ain't sleeping sure. around with a bunch of people, yeah. like, um, but yeah, we joke about it, but it's like, the, the point is, is that, like, we're not Hosea in this analogy. Um, while we can relate to and the funny thing is like we're we're not Hosea in this analogy we are Gomer because Hosea is kind of representing God although it's ironic because Hosea himself is also a Gomer because mm-hmm. he also falls short of God's glory and has sinned um and so he's he's having to experience it from both sides mm-hmm. um but yeah by by human standards we can look at ourselves and be like well clearly like mm-hmm. hey none of us are in jail right now and stuff so like we're pretty good um but yeah, in, in our hearts, we're Gomer. We're prideful and selfish and lustful and covetous. Um, we look to so many things to satisfy. We look for like jobs, money, relationships, uh, reputations, entertainment. Um, and if there's anything in our lives more important to us than God, um, the Bible says that that is our God. That is idolatry. Like in America now, we, like, we don't usually like build idols or worship other gods in the traditional sense but idolatry is still so much part of our heart um and so um i know uh, i often i like to say that god's the most important person in my life but often i'm like if i have to be honest with myself that's not true mm-hmm. um it's easy for when i'm like oh steven is or my friends are mm-hmm. or it's like i'm looking to other people to satisfy or mm-hmm. um i'm caring more about protecting myself mm-hmm. and um so yeah with that it's like helping me remember that i'm not as good as i think and i'm actually a prostitute in need of redeeming mm-hmm. um it's interesting. It, I didn't make this connection because of Pastor Jim talked about this on Sunday, and we had talked about this on mm-hmm. Friday. But going into Hosea, you know how he acts holier than thou. I have done all of this. I have done this. I just give, 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 and mm-hmm. he, there's like no time for reflection. And going back to Pastor Jim's teaching, where am I? Ecclesiastes three seventeen, mm-hmm. and he talks about God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked, mm-hmm. and just that little tidbit from there is it's eye opening to going and comparing him to the Gomer, mm-hmm. you know, because again it goes back to I I'm not as bad as her, yeah, you know? and most of us would look at what Jose is doing and we're like dude he's doing better than we would in that situation like (laughs) i mean part of it like he's still married to her because god said so and if you're audibly hearing god you're like i don't want to mess with that but at the same time it's like he has the biblical reason to divorce her because she's been unfaithful but it's one of those like um and so yeah he's like i've been doing all this stuff for her but it's one of those yeah um but one realizing but realize, Hosea, this is what you've done to me, mm-hmm. and I've done these things for you. I could have left you, but I did not. Did. Yeah. The funny thing about how we think that it's not the big thing, 
And it's like, that's what the Pharisees did. Mm-hmm. There was over 300 laws. And so they wanted to say, well, which one is the, which are the biggies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are the biggies? Because I'm just going to hang out here in the, the littles, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that big a deal. I'm not mm-hmm. as bad as you. One thing that I had brought up on Friday, because um, I went, had gone back to chapter 2 and was kind of searching around in there. And um, starting in verse 5, when she is going to go chase after things, she said, I'm going after my lovers who give me food and water and wool and linen and oil and drink. And I think, well, you know, for us, that's the, some of the same things that we idolize now, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I want the stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I want TV, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes we can put those things over spending time with God mm-hmm. or, you know. Um, maybe working on Sunday instead of going to church or, you know, and it's optional, but, you know, it's extra money, whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to judge anybody in that, but um, just saying we chase after these things. And um, in verse 6, he says, Therefore I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. And she will chase after her lovers but not catch them. She will look for them but not find them. And he's talking about he's protecting her from herself (coughs) at this point. Mm -hmm. And then as it progresses, um, verse 8, she's acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine, and the oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold, which they used for Baal. He's saying she has, you know, forgotten where everything she got had came from, Mm -hmm. you know, and where she's at because I put her there. And um, so I think in, in verse 9, he says, Therefore I will take away my grain when it ripens. I think he removes the blessing at that point. And I think it's one of those places where we've gone so far that God says, Okay, go. And um, he lets us, he never leaves us, but he lets us trip ourselves up, so to speak. We realize who it gave. And then verse 13 um, said she went after her lovers, but me she forgot, declares the Lord. And that was one of the cool things I had pulled out of this, and I think it was in a commentary, and he was saying, you know, it, we don't leave God, we don't walk away for these other things because we hate God. We forget, mm-hmm. you know. We get uh, distracted and we, we forget. He says, therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tender tenderly to her so right there even though she's still in the midst of sin and Gomer is clearly in the midst of sin here Israel is clearly he says I will allure her I will Mm -hmm. go after her Mm -hmm. I will draw her back in and God does that with us that's why he says come as you are Mm -hmm. because even in the midst of it he's saying you know what okay come back you know we're not getting away with anything we're not um, all of a sudden getting it together and deciding we're going to go back to God, he's already drawing us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gomer shows yeah. his patience. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that also that Gomer didn't have to, yeah, get herself back together yep. and go yeah. back to Hosea. It was Hosea who mm-hmm. went out to her. Yeah. I and, mix, oh, I'm sorry. No, nope, I was just going to say he doesn't wait for us to get clean. Mm-hmm. That's no, he, we don't have to be perfect. We don't right. have to have anything together at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. It's been an interesting little journey for me since I retired. Um, because 
I'm being lured back. Mm -hmm. Partly as my own, or mostly I think as my own, because mm -hmm. I was able to use excuses. I just didn't have time with everything else mm -hmm. going on, and of course we all know what that is. Mm -hmm. But what has been very um, eye-opening for one thing, and really quite uncomfortable, is now that I'm closer to the Lord, I know he's opening up my eyes mm. to things in the past, things that I either did or said or didn't do or whatever, that at the time there was nothing that was purposeful on my part. It was it was my life or however I did. Like you, your comment brought me to it where you're like, well, I'm not as bad as Gomer or whatever. But well, it goes back to that. I don't hate God, it just happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just, right. Yeah. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't upset yeah. about anything, but mm -hmm. oh my gosh, lately I've just went, I've just said, God, can you stop for a little bit? Mm -hmm. Can you just stop? It, it's, it's just, overwhelming. it's overwhelming. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It really, really is. But that's the luring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's luring, you know, he's taking me as I am. And thank goodness, I, I mean, I can say, thank goodness, he's opened my eyes. But mm -hmm. what that makes me want to do is, like, oh, my gosh, who are all the people I have to contact to <laughs> say? I did not mean, if this sounded like this, I didn't mean it that way. Or, you know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. where, yeah, he's enlightening you. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's oh cool, my. though, at the same time. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is cool. Mm -hmm. um, it's too bad I had to get old to have it happen. To be able to, I mean, I say that tongue in cheek, but in this, in, but I am. I'm in somebody my else will tell you you're not old. But, <laughs> but I mean, but think about it. How old are you? 29. Okay, so <laughs> thinking of somebody in their 60s, that seems a long time away, and you're getting older because you're done with your work. That's me. I'm now there. I don't feel like I am. But I am, and um, and now I see why I thought the women that were in our Bible studies and so forth when I was 29 were so wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't mean point, to right? say I'm wise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, you but, but you've been through. Yeah, you watched that yeah. drawback. That's the relationship yeah. build. You've you've had the years of experience. You've mm -hmm. had the good seasons and the bad, and then mm -hmm. you can look back and learn from it instead of it being like there's some naivete when you're young of uh, not knowing. Uh, That's how you process things. Yeah, okay. yeah. Still. And then when you go, oh, and it also makes me think, what else are you going to show me, God? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's oh, it's. Dear. So I my. Uh, yes. So my Facebook feed in history nine years ago. So when God like really changed my life um, was a trip over spring break my junior year in college. And so uh, Facebook nine years ago today, I was just about to go on that trip, not knowing that my life was going to be changed. So it was one of those. But I'm like looking back and I'm like, even nine years ago, I like, still was in my 20s, but I'm like, it's so different now from then and it hasn't even been a decade but at the same time I was like oh it's almost been a decade <laughs> I, it's almost embarrassing sometimes when you like back because I think of when we were over at Pine Top Baptist and here we were 
uh, is new moms for the most part, and we were teaching the parenting classes. <laughs> you're like, and you look back now, and you're like, what, was I qualified? Like, now yeah, I feel like, qualified. I was not qualified to teach. <laughs> yeah. Right? Do you don't really see it at mm-hmm. that time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I know, it's it's just (laughs) when you look back through, but I want to say something to you, Kirsty. I mean, I am just um, grateful for your knowledge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. what you've just said, I mean, I've been over here writing stuff down, and and I have not been a lover of the Old Testament ever, Mm -hmm. and I am really not so much a lover of history or wars or and I get all the details mess mixed up all the time (laughs) and I tell people that that I my husband is he the history buff (laughs) you um Angie there are people that I'm just in awe of of how you can keep these things straight and and all of that and I really appreciate it for Thank your you. knowledge and but but also it's like I mean part of the reason we're called the body of Christ is we have these differences and yes. so there's stuff where I'm like some of yes. some of the ladies at the church are such prayer warriors and I am not and so that's one of those things where like it is encouraging and convicting of like yeah because for me it's like I try and then like after two minutes I'm like oh like I've never been I've never been diagnosed with ADHD but my parents have questioned and my grandparents have questioned I think it's one of those like I am like oh yes good intentions and bye um and so it's one of those I'm like yes I'll pray for you and I usually remember once and then I forget um and so there's there's or there's so many different things where I'm yeah it's that's part of the reason why we need the body of Christ is because we have these different strengths and weaknesses. And, and yeah. just a hint. So when somebody says, pray for me, do it right then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have heard that. And that's yeah. usually the one time I remember. Well, and that's okay. And then the other thing that I have done, mm-hmm. because I felt just like you. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, I intend to pray and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I made a prayer or the Holy Spirit to prick my spirit mm. when there is somebody he wants me to pray for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he has honored my request with that. Mm-hmm. And um, the other interesting thing, you know, I can be in the shower. That's mostly the time is when, because then you're <laughs> focusing on that. And somebody pops into my mind mm-hmm. that maybe I haven't seen or thought of in years. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, that's weird. And then I go, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I need to pray for that mm-hmm. person. because mm-hmm. So that might be something, too, because he yeah. will honor that. That's, yep. Those are the kinds of prayers God loves to honor. And it's one of those, oh, I need to do it. It's like when you ask for prayer for patience. God <laughs> loves to honor that one. <laughs> but I'm like, you're saying that. I'm like, yep, nope, I need to do that. That is... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, it feels weird not to be like, so back to what? Oh. <laughs> I, I love, I love all these thoughts and, and side tangents and stuff. Um, but yeah, so, uh, the, another thing that I had written that was kind of going to go back a bit into the patience part, but also even like the bigger picture of what was going on in Hosea is, um, I'm assuming all of us here 
are of non-Jewish descent. And so with that, we are all Gentiles. And so the book of Hosea is specifically written to the Jewish people. And so with that, it's like, well, does it even apply then to us? Why, why are we reading this? Um, how does God ultimately, you know, redeem his bride Israel? Um, and so um, with that, it's like, in this chapter, we see that Hosea buys his bride, who has fallen as low as she can, back to himself. Um, and we've already talked about, like, yeah, she didn't run back to him, but he went to her. Um, so Gomer was bought for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. Um, and so when researching... And then I, with people talking on Friday, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is true. Um, so the equivalent of this is it's about 30 shekels of silver. Um, basically, Hosea didn't have the it's it was the going price for a female slave. And um, basically, he didn't have enough to basically buy her just with that. So it's like, here's some other stuff to make up that price um, to buy her. Um, and so the interesting thing about that <coughs> is that Jesus was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And because he was betrayed, and that led to his death, um, it was one of those, that's what bought our ransom. And so um, that's where the answer to how we are redeemed comes in, is by Jesus' death and resurrection. So God ultimately healed his marriage, and it cost him everything. Um, it cost him the death of his son Jesus, who is God himself on the cross, to redeem those who were unfaithful to him. So for... Yeah. I see the picture of Christ. In mm-hmm. So yeah, the the Bible says that we've all sinned, we all fall short, and uh, and the Bible also makes it clear that the wages of sin is death. And yet God Himself came and paid the ransom, just like Hosea paid for Gomer, um, despite all the things she had done. And so we are no longer enslaved to sin, like Gomer was no longer on the market to become a slave. Tony, you were about to say something, and I. That's just- I, I kind of like glance at this and I kind of chuckle because what a reality check that is for Hosea mm-hmm. to show up and purchase Gomer but not have enough funds. Mm-hmm. You know? You you're like, she's my wife. Like. And you purchase something and you're like, oh, I don't have my wallet and I don't have enough cash. Like, it kind of like puts you back and you've got to humble yourself to be like, you know, or like, <laughs> we're not always perfect kind of thing, and I, I guess I didn't see that last week, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's kind of an interesting way to look at it, you know, that he had to use what God has given him as well, you know, like things that you wouldn't think of to get her back. Yeah, and and also just the fact that it wasn't even like, oh, you know, here's it's it's cheap change, you know. Right. It's like, oh, I was gonna go to McDonald's, oh, but I guess I can buy my wife back with this. It's, it's yeah. It's um, the fact that it was so costly to him, yeah. and the fact that that also is like it was so costly to God to mm-hmm. buy us back. Um, so, um, yeah, I had made notes of, um, and I guess we've kind of already talked some about this, where um, for imagining. Being Hosea himself, um, the prophet who is intentionally told by God to take an adulterous woman for a bride. And it's funny because, you know, plenty of other spots in the Bible talk about why you don't want to do that. And so I'm sure there's probably a moment of, okay, God, where are you leading with this? Um, Taking a bride who he knows is going to break his heart over and over again. But it is intentionally so that Israel 
and him being part of Israel, him, to see what they were doing to God. Um, and so Hosea's patience and obedience also mirrors our saviors. Um, so looking back at verse five, um, it says, Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. Um, and so that's interesting because um, it mentions in David their king, who is at this point long dead. Um, and so, and even then it was like David's descendants are ruling the southern kingdom in Judah, not Israel. So it's not even like, hey, you know, you're king. It's like, no, they, they don't even recognize David's descendants as king. Um, and I mentioned before, yeah, a lot of even these descendants were not honoring God. Um, and so why is it important that they go back to David, their king, um, and returning to seek the Lord? Now, his, a little bit of history. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could fill me in. Okay. Um, so after... Hosea learns this lesson from God, and he's able to use this and apply it to his life. Does he end up leading the Israelites to God? Is that why it says in verse 5, like, after all of this, they will seek the Lord, their God? Is that because he ends up using Hosea? Well, obviously, (laughs) because he's a prophet, but, like, um... As a disciple, because this is what we've been taught, like, kind of going back to what Jane said, like, we all have different specialty areas, and so one way he draws them back. In a way, I, if I remember correctly, too, though, and so I, I see, I'm like, I should have brought my physical Bible with me, and I see Kim is flipping yeah. through. Yeah, um, but I'm like, I'm, if I'm thinking, it's more even about a future yeah. promise, because okay. I don't think Israel really repents in this time. Um, but there have, and especially with a lot of the prophets, um, a lot of them are dealing with the fact that because Israel and Judah um, are not obeying God, and it's one of those... Israel still hasn't come back. That's true. Yes. So, like, this is all, it's, it's still prophecy of what's to come, that he's going to make them whole. So it's almost like that picture of Christ that we're seeing So here. the prayer that happens today meant for the future, so we might yeah. not see that. Israel through. is restored. Um, it really happens in the end times when Israel is restored. But, mm-hmm. um, but it is a picture that God's not leaving them. Yeah. And the, and regardless of the fact of that they have been adulterous, that there he has a promise here that he will call them and his people again, and you know all of that. Because um, I don't. Sorry, it's just making, it was making me wonder. I'm like, no, you're and, good. You're, there's something you I can mean, think of it. Like, I don't think there's anywhere there. Like, I, I was back. Like, <laughs> that's why I was like, I'm blinking, and I'm like, well, I should have been reading more of the rest of the chapter, but I'm like, I don't think they do. And so that's because there's been times where like they will briefly come back for a period, but I don't think here. I think it is the promise of here's what you're doing, but ultimately there is that look of this um, is the end goal. Yeah, this is where. And so knowing, yeah, even the people of Israel now who are not following God, like they don't recognize that their Messiah has come um, and they're caught up in uh, obeying, obeying the law, but not actually the heart of the law and instead just creating rules for themselves and being the Pharisees. Um, Which I said the wrong number earlier. It's like 613 laws, not 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's over 300, but it's like 613 or something yeah. like that. Um, um, yeah. And so, but yeah, it. I mean, that is still significant, though, of, mm-hmm. again, pointing to that fact of Hosea, who knows how long exactly it was that Hosea was waiting for Gomer when she was just being unfaithful to him over and over again. God has waited way longer for the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, like, reading it again, too, it's, it hasn't happened yet, and if you go back, it talks about, I will be that door of hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talked about yeah. that the other day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and, and you should expand on that kind of a little more like you did on Friday. So it says that I will make, um, and will make the valley of trouble a door of hope. Where are you at? Oh, sorry. We are in two, Hosea 2, 15. And he's talking about how he will speak tenderly to her, and there I'll give her back her vineyards, give her all of this, and and will make the valley of trouble a door of hope. Mm-hmm. And drawing back that to Israel, it it's really cool to see back in the Hosea three five, mm-hmm. just that verse alone is that door of hope, mm-hmm. not only for. Gomer, you know, that he's done. He's it, it doesn't say what he has said to her, right? Like, I don't think so. Or, I mean, other than well, like he said, yeah, like you're going to be yeah, just for me. Her, and yeah. I'm going to yeah. be that door of hope. And it doesn't go into like detail exactly what that conversation is, like that relationship, Gomer and God. But then that verse 5 I feel like that is an example of the door of hope. Mm-hmm. The next book is Joel. Yeah. And that is written about the southern kingdom, about Judah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that talks about is um, Joel says that the day of the Lord is coming. Mm-hmm. And so that is a speaking of yeah. when mm-hmm. Jesus comes and, mm-hmm. and it, Israel's restored and everything is righted again. Because remember when um, Jesus came and like <coughs> Kirstie had said earlier, like um, they're not even recognizing Jesus as the Messiah right now, right? Um, the North isn't, right? The South still is. Uh, well, together. I would say just generally together since Jesus has come. Okay. Like, well, I mean, obviously, like a they lot of the first Christians. Jews. Yeah, yeah. a lot of the first Christians were Jewish because they had recognized. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's on the whole, most Jewish people haven't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, haven't recognized that. And because they expected that through these Old Testament verses that they were expecting a king to come and restore and to save them. A conquering not king. A yeah. baby. Yeah, not a yeah. baby. Yeah, so they were they were under Roman oppression. They were like, "Oh, yeah. he's going to beat out the Romans. We're going to become the greatest nation again." And, and that kind of goes back to what I texted you: how our prayers are answered in ways that we weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Get those blinders on. Yeah. So Israel's like, "Here's what our Messiah is going to yeah. look like," and they're not realizing, "Oh, he is that conquering king, but of sin yeah. and death, not of Rome." Um, but yeah, Scripture also says though he has blinded them mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it's being held back so like every gentile comes to know him bef- that needs to come to know him mm-hmm. and then in the last days in if it's during the tribulation 
I think it is, when he removes it, and that's when mm-hmm. 144,000, you know, come to him. Like, he reveals it to them, and they recognize he is the Messiah, mm-hmm. right? And there's, like, a huge boom yeah. at that point. Um, yeah. But... And it was one of those, I, I realized I'm like, I don't remember if I finished reading this before we had our sentences, but basically, so like the, the importance of Israel returning to seek the Lord and David, their king, since David is already long dead, is it's because of Jesus. And that's because Jesus is the prophesied descendant of David who would rule forever. Um, and so with that, it is they are recognizing basically, yeah, God and with that Jesus. Um, in at Christian Challenge right now, we're, we're reading through the book of John, and it's interesting because we're getting towards the end and just how many times Jesus has told um, and said that, um, and but part of the reason why the Pharisees are like, we want to stone him, is because he's saying, by you not recognizing me, you don't know the Father. And for them, they were like, this guy's speaking blasphemy. We know the Father. Like, that that's who we've been following all this time. And you saying we don't even know him um, is... Yeah, was so appalling to them. Um, but just the significance of both of that, recognizing that, um, yeah, they will recognize not just God, but actually understand God. And with that, Jesus, their Messiah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, and how you were talking about the hope and, Jane, how you were saying, like, um, you know, all these things are now that you're spending more time in the Word, and it's like these things kind of flooding back to you of like, oh, guilt, Mm -hmm. shame, whatever it is, you know. Um, There was this verse that it's referenced in my Bible in Acts 3.19. And... It says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So it's like, don't hold on to it. Don't dwell in it and hang in it. Just be refreshed from God. Thank you, Lord, for this, you know, opening my eyes and move forward with hope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and I think it's, we can't get refreshed if we just sit and wallow in it. That's exactly Mm -hmm. right. Kind of Thanks for pointing that one out. Mm-hmm. So to kind of um, summarize a couple more points on specifically uh, this, yeah, fruit of patience. Um, so God is so patient that when his creation rebelled against him, he called out a people for himself. And that was the nation of Israel. And, and when Israel was not nation... Er, when Israel um, was not faithful, he would call them back and pursue them. And then thousands of years later, he sent himself to die and pay for the sins of his people. And now all who repent and believe are part of his people, his bride. Um, he covered our sins completely, so we're no longer like a rebellious Israel who would turn their backs on their groom. And we're grafted in and are part of the true Israel. And when we do sin... We feel conviction, we turn back, and we run to the creator who loves us. Um, so we can never be perfectly patient in this life, um, even for those of us who have been redeemed. Uh, we still have to fight daily with our flesh, mm-hmm. and at times we will fail. Mm-hmm. And that is also partly why we have the church, is so that uh, we can call each other out, but also we are there to help each other when those times happen. Um, and the Holy Spirit changes the hearts of those who love him and gives us a desire to be patient as our heavenly father and heavenly groom is patient. 
Um, patience is difficult. It is refining. Um, it is against our sinful nature, and that's why it's a battle. Um, but it's well worth pursuing. And when we're patient, we help show to the world what it's like when God is so patient with us, the adulterous bride. Um, he doesn't give us what we deserve. Uh, yep, we're very grateful for that because uh, we all would have been smoted a long time ago. Um, but yes, we're, we're here today and able to like have this Bible study right now because of a patient God calling his people to himself and redeeming them like Hosea with Gomer. What I think is cool too is in that reflection, um, I you keep seeing it over and over again. And I just keep seeing a pattern, and it says it, that I will show my love. So it's almost like over and over again we're told that in the times that we need to be patient, we are to show love. Mm-hmm. It almost helps pass that time of being patient. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool to kind of see over and over again. It's like. And you will love, and you will love, and I will love, you know, and I will show my love. And you remember the verse is, love is patient. Yep. Kind. Yeah. Yeah. So so you're right. That is what we do. You flip it around, you know, Mm -hmm. and use it. Because not often when we want something to happen do we go, I shouldn't be angry Mm -hmm. that it's not happening right away. Mm -hmm. I need to show love Mm -hmm. in some way, you know. So a question for you guys is, um, how does this passage better help you understand God? His resilience, I guess, is that the right word to use? Yeah. Doesn't give up on us. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost almost reassuring. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. That's the way. Yeah. I I like to think that um, because we get so down on ourselves and we have these elephant memories of the things that we've done and um, and we like think that God holds these elephant memories of the things we did and I love the fact that he pursues us before we've even thought we got ourselves together you know <laughs> and to come back and that you know he just loves me regardless of how nasty I am and you know like a couple studies ago or whatever when I was talking about how I had read about do you love me do you love me do you love me yeah, yeah. and um I don't know if you heard that Heidi on that no. one um so I was studying for the Matthew one and I came across this story. Well, actually, I wasn't studying for that. I was doing children's ministry stuff. Anyway, and um, it was Peter saying, um, you know, he wouldn't deny Christ. And then three times when, you know, the rooster crowed, and then he was just, you know, he was just crying and realized what he had done. And I had just really been holding on to some things that, for years, years and years and years ago that happened that I just feel so much shame over you know and um and I just say I was sitting there and the Lord just said to me the same as what he had said to Peter he said three times do you love me do you love me do you love me and I was hearing it but not applying it 
you know and Mm -hmm. God said to me in that moment because it was like at the same time I was thinking of that thing again and he says do you love me yeah do you love me yeah do you love me then go go forward and that's exactly what he said to Peter quit hanging out here (laughs) go forward and do something you know and um I don't know, I just felt so much uh, relief in that moment of his just unconditional, gentle love, mm-hmm. you know, that he wanted to, me to hear it in that quiet voice, you know. How did I get there? I don't even know how I got there. I don't know, but I appreciate okay. the tangents. All right. <laughs> Rabbit trails are welcome. Okay. <laughs> also, Oh, okay. Okay, you need to do it. Okay. Also, we have like eight minutes before this recording kicks off because apparently the max is sixty. So. Oh, wow, we've really been chatting. <laughs> yeah. That's good, though. Yeah. Um, another question I can ask you guys is, um, how should this passage lead us to pray? What you say? How should this passage lead us to pray? That's a good question. Well, pray for repentance for one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because we all are adulterous, and we all could probably be called Gomer mm-hmm. from time to time. Like you said, even Hosea. Mm-hmm. Um, Give thanks. It's a mm-hmm. big one, you know, because Hosea. We brought this up last week of. How Hosea was like, I've done this, I do this, I do that. And the, God comes back and is like, I have provided. I have done this. And I will make sure that I continue to provide it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so giving thanks even like when Hosea came up short, you know, the shekels and everything. He, I feel like that is another time to be thankful even when you have shortcomings. You should, you should still be thankful and to be absolutely for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I did a lot of research on this, and oh. I listened to I don't know how many podcasts, my commentaries, and I was really moved of how how horrible of a life he had, mm-hmm. but he did it because he loved God. Mm-hmm. Right. And I I mean she had to be a basket case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, when today's world, and I was thinking about her, and I was talking to my husband, and I'm thinking, well, her kids' names, okay, let's just start yeah. there. Mm-hmm. What kind of family life do they have? You know, as a mom, you always want to have, you know, they said the mom's the heart of the home, and you always want to try to have this, this good heart, this good harmony. But I learned so much about his obedience. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. How does this want, make you want to pray? Well, it just wants me to say, dear Lord Jesus, if he can do this, mm-hmm. okay, I'm like over here, I can do this. Just thank you, thank you, thank you for seeking mm-hmm. me out continuously. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you for, well, no, I mean, I've been a basic case, but just thank you, dear Lord, for even when I'm so short and I'm just mm, there, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because yeah. I'm so grateful, and I, I really didn't realize this. And I was talking to my daughter, because we, we go over these things, and she's like, wow, wow. And then we just kind of went and on a ramp on it and everything. And then it's like, what does this person say? And then what does this person say? And then I was like, wow, he really did a lot. 
-hmm. and he really loved God, and he really was so faithful that you can't even imagine in someone's today's world being that, oh, yeah. faithful. Mm -hmm. that faithful. And then going and talking sense. to the Israelites, mm -hmm. and talking through his heart, probably crying his eyeballs out, you know, like a Billy Graham or something from today. Mm -hmm. For God to have him that not just here in his head, but he was living it day by day. Mm -hmm. They had to repent. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Jonah. Jonah mm -hmm. went through a lot. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't to the end that he really got it. And started, mm -hmm. went back to Nineveh, I think it was, mm -hmm. that had to go and talk to them. That's when mm -hmm. he was really pouring his heart out and they repented. So mm -hmm. it was like, wow. Thank you, dear Lord, for letting me not have to go through all that. Because mm -hmm. I don't think I could be Hosea. <laughs> Because something does you wrong, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, get the mom look or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's hard. For sure. Very hard. He, mm -hmm. Patience. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think I would say prayer for me would be just that the Lord would keep me, that I wouldn't lose my memory and get off and further and further because... I, I want to stay in a place that I am constantly seeking his word and seeking his will and talking to him in prayer and, you know, I don't want to get away. Mm -hmm. So that's how it would, I don't want to become Gomer, yeah. even though I am yeah. Gomer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But we can be grateful of the fact that, like, even if we are like Gomer, yeah, because of Jesus, he doesn't view us that way. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> true, true. All good stuff. Um, does anyone have other stuff that they want to share before I stop the recording? This is just um, a great study. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really Thank you guys study. all for coming. <clears throat> and I'll have to do prayer requests yeah, and stuff. <laughs> You sure? Um, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, I read that it was very um, public when he had to buy her back. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just here going, you know. Very humbling. Yeah. And that was extremely humbling. And it was just another little tidbit of how much he loved her and loved mm -hmm. God and was so obedient. Like, mm -hmm. you know, always trying to put yourself in their place. Would you do that? Mm -hmm. um, you, know, yeah. you know, just amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people have different ways of saying it or what they viewed from it, but I was just really, really taken about it. It's like, oh yeah. my goodness, I didn't even know this. Wow, where was this book? Yeah. <laughs> it's always those little yeah. ones. Yeah. And, and yeah. you were saying, you were saying with that too, of like, I, I read that as well, that it was probably yeah, a really public market that she was being sold on. And it's like, on the one hand, you have Hosea who's like, yep, that's my wife. I am my wife and everybody's witnessing it. And then you also have Gomer who, I mean, we don't get a, we don't get to see into her mind, but that like realization of like, this feels like the ultimate humiliation and humbleness of like, not only am I for sale on the public market, but here's my husband who I didn't even know was going to come back. Who's here. And in a way it's also very sweet of, yeah. And was like, he is the one who buys you and pays so much for you. But it's also, I could assume the first she sees him is like, Oh no, not him. Or, so, or, or he's back or he's back yeah, or yeah. Shock. Or maybe. Yeah. Shock. Yeah. yeah. Again, that mm -hmm. reflection of God, like it's like, oh why God, is he here? So you shouldn't fair. be here. Like, she I don't deserve this. Yeah, I'm not worthy of him. That's true. Yeah. That's I true. Did all of these things. Yeah, like we are. And then here yeah. he is putting yeah. up the the, yeah. the, the auctioneer did. is going off, and he's you know raising his. Like, well, we, yeah. he's got. He doesn't have 
He's given everything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the price. He's mm-hmm. like, will this suffice? And he's giving everything that he has, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't let it stress you. Just, oh, okay. We'll just stop it. Okay. <laughs> Stopping the recording. If you want to hear more, uh, come, in, come in person next week. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>